from the mind of the sapient simian. This is Nobody's Prodigy. Free-range ideas from beyond the box. This is the Sapient Simeon, I am the Clever Monkey, and welcome to episode 23, an episode I'm going to call a free-willing universe. Now, I've always been fascinated by time. While technology strives to break the bonds of gravity and glorifies in its mastery of other fundamental forces of the universe, it seems our complete subjugation to the procession of time is assured. For the individual, this has a certain weight, not always bad, But for the universe as a whole, it bears implications with dire results. With no power to stop its onward march, I nevertheless find myself pondering its nature. A curiously mystical study with few guides to shape the greater picture. Now, this particular subject definitely falls under the category of what I would like to call mental musings which is to say that it's something that I kind of just ponder on and is not something that necessarily has any practical purpose. It's just something that that kind of comes into my mind on and off, especially when I'm sitting around with nothing else to do. And no doubt, of course, others would have more to say about specific aspects of this. There are certainly scientists and specialists and astrophysicists and things that would have uh, very elaborate things to go off on about specific specifics of of certain aspects of this. But these are just ideas that I've sort of put together, and I thought it would make for an interesting episode, specifically because I had thoughts recently that kind of connect disparate concepts. And I think that that's one thing that an individual can do that specialists in, in the way that we sort of organize our academia these days can sometimes lack the sort of overarching view to see, which is to say that specialists have highly specific skills in very specific categories. But a lot of times, the sort of connections between schools of thought, especially if they cross, say, between science and religion or between science and history or other sorts of schools of thought, may be difficult for them to connect because they're sort of so focused in their area. And I think that's one thing that, you know, someone from the outside can think about and can bring up. And, and that's one thing I've always thought was was positive about getting people of different specialties together. I've always been a big fan of the idea of the salon in France during the Enlightenment, where you would get people of multiple different specialties that would get together and just sort of chat and drink tea and just kind of share ideas and concepts. And people of drastically different specialties would impact each other because they would chip in ideas and thoughts about subjects that they weren't necessarily specialized in, but ones that they could sort of listen to and think about. And and I think that that exchange of ideas was really valuable. So on to the idea of time as, as this particular episode deals with. The first concept that drove my thoughts on this is one that does come from the scientific community, and you know most of it does. It's, it's the one area that kind of devotes itself toward this study in a more concrete way that I find useful, just in terms of giving you something to hold on to. The philosophy a lot of times is an interesting study, but uh, it can be a little difficult to find any touchstones on anything that, that is sort of settled. So one of the first scientific concepts that I find interesting is the concept that time flows forward because of entropy. 
which is to say that entropy is what is the cause of what we perceive to be the flow of time or the push of time in a onward and forward direction only. Now, first I should say that entropy is a concept or is a is a force that has been identified, and entropy is defined as a gradual decline into disorder. Entropy is also a measurement that can be made of systems, and it's the degree of disorder or randomness in a system, which is to say that entropy is a natural force or a natural occurrence over time of things to degrade or decline from an ordered state into a disordered state. So entropy is basically a result of randomness, or at least it's it's seen to be a natural progression that's caused by the natural existence of randomness itself, which is to say that because of time and the existence of randomness, any particular system over time, through simple randomness itself, will become less and less ordered because randomness over time will interject more and more disorder into that system. And we can see this in our day-to-day lives in very clear examples, things like rust on metal, for example. You know, metal itself is sort of an organized framework of uh, atoms in a very specific form. And yet over time, the forces of nature actually will interject themselves, the exterior atoms will get in and insinuate themselves into that framework and will disorder that framework. And if you look at rust as a form as opposed to the metal itself, it is very disordered. And dry rot or any other kinds of what we consider to be weathering is very similar to that in the sense that over time, the surfaces of things or anything that is exposed or anything just over time itself will gradually break down, will gradually descend into disorder. And it's interesting to note that even among humanity itself, within our DNA, the one thing that causes people to age and to appear older is actually the breakdown of our DNA itself, the ability for our DNA to replicate successfully and perfectly over time is just simply not possible. It, the, the more it replicates, the, the poorer quality those replications become, and so we end up with flaws in our DNA that cause us to not make as good of cells as we used to, and that's what causes the aging process. So there again, even still, it is the entropy, the the gradual descent into disorder that causes the aging process, that that causes the, the forward progression of time. And this universal progression into disorder is what makes time push ever forward. It's what makes traveling backwards in time essentially impossible because... Basically, everything everywhere in the entire universe would have to be reorganized or or reset in a way that's the force that you're pushing against to go backwards. So that continual progression forward toward disorder is what makes time push ever forward. So in a sense, that is the, the forward pushing motivation that causes time to move forward. 
Unfortunately, according again to a, a scientific concept, it leads to the concept of what's known as the heat death of the universe, which sounds bad, and it, it is not good in a sense, which is to say that it, there's this thought and this idea that if the universe is progressing ever forward into more and more disorder, and as systems of organization and divisions progress more and more into a sort of a, a disordered state, eventually, many, 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 many years, but eventually, inevitably, you reach a state of maximum randomness, of maximum disorder. And that state is considered the heat death of the universe. And it's sort of a lukewarm mud where nothing does anything anymore ever. And it's kind of the end of the universe. It's the idea that once everything is completely and maximally randomized, there is no more random to random. And everything that can interact with anything has interacted as a way of releasing that tension, so to speak. And you end up with the heat death of the universe, which is just to say everything is done the the giant firecracker of the universe has fizzled out and you're left with just sort of the leftovers, the mush, and even the atoms themselves. All of the radioactive atoms have, have degraded and anything that interacts with anything else is all done and everything is over and all of the stars have burned out and everything is just over and that's it. It's... That's sort of the ultimate progression of this, and I found that to be a really interesting concept because according to basically the concept that time flows forward as a result of entropy, entropy is fundamental and unstoppable, and that it's universal means that it's essentially you can't stop it from getting to that point, and that that is the ultimate end of, of everything is just sort of blah, you know, it reminds me of the quote that the world ends not with a bang, but with a whimper. The idea that uh, the universe ends just by sort of fizzling out to nothing. And not nothing, but just fizzling out to boring mush that is pointless and useless and has no nothing left. Now, when I heard about that, the one thing that I have always thought is why not interject the concept of reorganizing that mush through intelligence. You're talking about infinitely long, well, not infinitely, but immensely long amounts of time between now and then. We know that it's coming, and that basically what it amounts to is just the result of things falling apart, and that the intelligence as a as a force, as a sort of intelligence, intangible force is capable of going into a system and organizing it, going into a system and reimposing an organization, at least in theory, the idea that that would be a possibility. And that if everything just sort of gets muddled with everything else, well, what about the idea that given all that time and all that warning, couldn't some sort of intelligence come in and reorganize that? With so much time, couldn't there be the creation of a force to reset or recreate the original system in some point? In my mind, I had always thought of the idea of 
blocks uh, is probably the, the number one thing that, that comes to mind. But if atoms are blocks and you've got all of your, your different colors of blocks all mixed together and the idea is, oh, well, they're all so mixed up that they're, they're equally mixed up and it's completely random, then why not get in there and just sort all the colors out again? Just put all the red ones on one side and the yellow ones on the other, and then everything's ready to begin to get mixed up again. You know, that, that, uh, that, that was always an idea that I had in mind, in the back of my mind, as far as why wouldn't that be a viable option to staving off the heat death of the universe? Now, what's interesting about that is if entropy is the progress of time forward and the reversal of entropy would be this reorganization, how does that affect things in terms of time? But more importantly, the interesting concept that came to my mind today, which is the reason why I'm making this particular podcast, is that this imposition of an order on these atoms or these things requires the suspension of what we have always called free will, which is fascinating to me. The idea that free will is, in a sense, the source of the forward movement of time, and free will is the cause of the heat death of the universe. That randomness, which I have all kinds of feelings about the idea of randomness, but the idea that essentially what makes my actions random to my mind is the idea that I'm given free will, that I can choose to do one thing or another thing, and I may do one thing or I may do another thing. So it's not possible to entirely predict what I do, because I'm given free will. And the thing that would make the difference between me doing a free will thing and and the thing that would impose from the outside that intelligence that would put things back into order would require me to give up that free will and to do only what that outside force tells me to do. But to reorder the universe in this way, every single particle must comply with that outside force. Even on the particle physics level, probabilities and randomness would have to be suspended. In a sense, the the entire universe in every level and in every way would have to give up this, this natural sort of fundamental expression of what I would call free will, which is the, the idea that you can't predict where they're at because they may be here, they may be there, they they could be wherever they happen to be. So it's interesting to me that, in a sense, our insistence upon free will is is what also drives time forward and and also destroys the universe in a way, which which is it, like I said, that is basically what drove this particular podcast. But also the idea that my thoughts of couldn't you create an entity that could reorganize things and reset the heat death of the universe is essentially the creation of uh, God, the creation of some force that could completely command all of 
the universe on every level and in every force, but not just a god, but a tyrannical god, a god that that has no wiggle room in any way, a god that must be followed in every single sense to every single extreme in every way. So it's not just a god in the sense that we think of an Abramatic god or a, um, our typical conception of gods as these powerful beings that can be negotiated with, but it's like the most extreme form of a god, which is to say a god that you have no conversation with, that there is no negotiation with, that you have no free will over. It is a force by which you cannot have any impact on. It is simply a force that that must be followed. And that sort of reimposition of order would be the manner by which time could be reversed and order could be reestablished. But it's also interesting to think that on a simple overview kind of sense, what would that reorganization look like? What would that rewinding of time look like? And it would actually look like time flowing backwards. When you think of what time looks like when you, you know, when you play tape backwards, when you play video backwards, that is essentially the reorganization of a system. If you walk into a room and you knock over a cup of water and it spills all over the floor, well, the action of reorganizing that water over the the last five minutes would literally look like a video of that instance going in reverse. The water would all come up off of the ground, off of the table, climb back into the cup, the cup would set itself back up, and uh, you would leave the room because you coming in is one of the things that caused all of the problem. So it's interesting to think that even if you created that force by which you could buy more time for the universe— in a sense, it would just be rewinding time itself. And in a way, that would be adding time between sort of now and the heat death of the universe. But is rewind and replay the same thing as adding time? Because if our free will is what causes the progression of time and the progression toward the end of the universe— then at any point when we are sort of released and able to experience the time that we're given, in a sense, we are eating up time that we have left toward the end of the universe. So if you reverse time in the way that I had thought by reorganizing things, you're not really adding time you are rewinding it and replaying it in a way that wouldn't necessarily experience as an individual, because the things that you learn, the the actions by which you experience life itself, are changes inside your brain that would have to be reset when you rewind so that you would never know you were getting more time. So that's just, it's fascinating to me as a as a concept. And like I said, you know, as something that kind of branches a bunch of different things and ties them all together in a in an odd way. And of course, ultimately, we don't know the extreme long-term result of a vast mud of the universe from 
the heat death of the universe. I mean, it's just sort of assumed that once you reach that point, that's it, it's over. But you don't really know what happens after that point. I mean, there's nothing to say that there wouldn't be some sort of extra force over the course of quadrillions of millennia that would have some sort of effect on that soup of particles that wouldn't cause some sort of thing. At least on some extent, there's a hope that the force of gravity itself would compress the universe down, and then the the closeness of interaction would cause some, some sort of effects, and who knows what would happen at that point. It's kind of a bit naive to think the only solution to that is to rewind things and replay them, but we don't really know what happens after that point. And it's interesting to me, too, that humanity is addicted to the idea that the way things are now is the way things always have been and the way things always will be. I think that as a as a species and as a society and as a scientific community and just in general, we have this tendency to think of the past as being exactly like now, but with different circumstances, and the future as being exactly like now, but with different circumstances. And I don't necessarily presume that to be the case at all times. For example, we have a tendency to think of the progression of time, the experience of time, as being the same throughout all of history. And when we talk about something that's 30 billion years ago, I don't know it's it's a helpful measurement in terms of using a ruler to measure it but at that point just as a tangent at that point there was no human beings around to experience that time in that framework there was no earth to measure time in in that time frame and the experience of time was experienced by a completely different set of observers, so to speak. So time itself, which is to say, what is time, or at least what what was that at that point? I don't know that to mentally sort of carry yourself back there and stand there or to float over something and to say, oh, look, this is a day, this is five minutes, this is... 24 hours, I don't know that that is representative of the reality of that existence. But like I said, that's a bit of an aside out of things. You know, with with these podcasts in general, I just, I want to put forward the idea that with an open mind, with a mind that's open to ideas and imagination, it can be enlightening to consider possibilities and the meanings that they expose. Which is to say here again, the possibility of reorganizing the universe in the future. What would that, if that was possible, what would that mean? And how would that go together? And, and what, what does that expose about the meaning of time and the expression of time and the way that that works? So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Hopefully it was not quite as as heavy as some of the others have been. Uh, I wanted to do something that was a little more just curious and and interesting, so hopefully that went well. I appreciate all of you guys for for coming along with me and listening to my random rantings on every subject. I appreciate everything, like I said. I look forward to the next one, 
And uh, I just want to say thank you for coming along with me. With that, I'm going to wrap this one up. And uh, I will catch all of you guys next time. All right. Bye. If you're enjoying the show and would like to help me feed myself, keep the lights on, and continue making episodes, direct PayPal donations and other inquiries can be sent to thesapientsimeon at gmail.com. That's thesapientsimeon at gmail.com. I do have a Patreon page, also under The Sapient Simeon, where you can get exclusive access to view my other work from years past, paintings, designs, projects, and experiments seen nowhere else. With your help, I can maintain the show as a commercial-free broadcast we all can enjoy, but a key part in that process is reaching out to encourage me and show your appreciation. In the meantime, I would like to thank you for listening and doing what you can to help share my work with others. Until next time, stay curious.